Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Isaiah 6 verse 8. Welcome to the Driven by Purpose podcast where Jesus is our center. We discuss all things related to self-love, a healthy relationship with Christ, breaking generational ties, traits of a godly woman slash man, and so much more. Join me for this podcast and you will leave convicted and most importantly, forever changed. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Welcome back or welcome to the Driven by Purpose podcast. Okay, with the one and only baby girl, Tina, period. (laughs) Okay. Hello everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast episode. God bless you for even pressing on it. I just want to say this is your first time here. Okay, because, you know, there are more people joining. There are more people joining. So if this is your first time here, make sure that you come back. And the only way that you can make sure that you actually come back is if you actually subscribe to this podcast. So please, 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 the Lord speaks through this podcast. Um, It's not only me that's saying it, but a lot of people who are viewing or have viewed and listen to a few episodes they even say the same thing too so please do not let this be the last time that you are listening um to this podcast please subscribe share with your friends if you're blessed by it and for my returning people once again i would say every episode god bless you guys for sticking with your girl through the ups through the downs through the inconsistency through the craziness crazy sound when we first started i mean we still trying to fix sound and we still trying to make this a luxurious experience for you guys but truly god bless you guys and thank you for tuning in time and time and time again Nevertheless, let's get straight into it because we will not be wasting you guys' time, okay? So today's episode is going to be focused on church hurt. Now, I know when many of you guys saw this episode pop up on your feed, once you guys saw church hurts, probably that's actually what drew you in. You were like, hmm, I don't even care what whatever else it says. Let me press on this because, mercy, I feel like church hurt is such a common subject right now um in pop culture on social media i've seen so many tiktok videos about church hurt actually i remember i mean because y'all already know there's always a story before the story on what caused me to make a podcast episode and by the way if i sound nasally mercy the enemy tried to make me feel congested but i'm healed okay i am healed all right by his stripes i am healed in jesus name so well, please do not mind that nevertheless as i said there's always a story before the story so i remember um whenever it's a new month i tried and asked the lord what do you want me to talk about and i felt like the lord even before i even asked i felt like the lord was like for this month focus on church hurt now even the funniest thing is i had recorded this episode like a week ago but the audio literally got deleted it was it was the enemy i don't even know what to say the audio actually got deleted so i was supposed to post it in august but i'm actually posting it in september and i was like lord eh, i'm gonna have to redo it but hey we're still here but anyways i felt like the lord was telling me okay focus on church hurt this month focus on church hurt 
And I was like, Lord, I'm not really sure if that's what I should focus on. Nevertheless, I had literally seen four consecutive videos about church hurt back to back to back. Even when I was on YouTube, I remember like I would be watching like sermons or other things on YouTube. And next thing you know, I'm going to scrolling through the comments and I see people posting comments about church hurt. So the Lord is like, mm, church hurt is really, really big. So for many of you, um, Hearing this episode might comfort you to know that you aren't the only one who's went through church hurt. And though you have encountered church hurt, it doesn't have to be the last time. Like just because you went through church hurt, it doesn't mean that you need to completely write off church as a whole or you can never trust church or Christian people or the church is evil and demonic. It doesn't mean you need to write off the whole entire church because of your church hurt or allow those trust issues that arose from negative situations it doesn't mean you have to carry that into the new season and the new place that the lord may call you into so for many of you this episode might encourage you uplift you make you feel like somebody actually sees you hears you understands your situation maybe there might be certain tidbits that you specifically relate to um so i would just definitely say don't click out of this episode Please listen to the entire thing. Despite my nasally voice, stick with me and stick through me. And I just want to say, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this episode. I already prayed before I started, but I want to strategically say, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this episode and we pray that you will have your way and take your place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So though church hurt is a easily understood um name word title whatever um i was like uh uh-uh. i feel like led to actually break down the word church hurt even though we we already understand what it means we can kind of use context clues to get it but i still definitely wanted um to make sure i broke it down um for those who are possibly new to the concept of church hurt so church hurt is defined as emotional, spiritual, and physical harm caused by a church to others, regardless of intent. Church hurt can also involve an abuse of power, humiliation, etc. Now, as I always say, my episodes are never for gossiping. It's never for tea. <laughs> and y'all probably are so tired of me saying that. But I actually felt led to share my testimony and my story of the church hurt that I endured. Um, granted, to God be the glory, I never went through physical or spiritual harm. Like that was never my case or an abuse of power. That was never my case. Um, but I actually experienced church hurt in another form. Um, I don't even want to say emotional abuse, but I just, you know, encountered emotional hurt. Um, so for me, um, I had attended a church for such a long time from like when I was like a really, really young girl, um, until my like mid teens. So nevertheless, in that church, um, I was often seen as an underdog. So to give you guys some more context about me, as you guys can kind of get an understanding through listening to me during my podcast episodes, I am a very playful and jovial person. Um, and when I was a child, I was even more than I am now. Um, and as a child, especially in, you know, the spiritual atmosphere, because I was so playful, 
you know, a lot of people were like, mm, this girl, like they basically people didn't really see me as smart and they might have excluded me from certain opportunities and things of that sort um, because they just truly didn't believe in me. Right. Like though my parents believed in me to the fullest, they knew that I was smart. They knew that I was capable and they always expressed that to me and always uplifted me. Sometimes you are met in spaces where you know, you are seeing that you will not amount to anything, you know, because like, who knows, maybe it's because of how you show up, like being that you show up as yourself. Like for me, I showed up as an extremely playful kid. I remained true to myself as a kid. I, I didn't try to be another person as a kid. I literally remained myself because I remained myself and I was very bold as a child you know, a lot of people didn't really think that I really had any real relationship with God or much formal knowledge about the gospel. You know, I was just expected to be average while others, you know, were expected to be exceptional, whether that was academically, whether that was spiritually, they were expected to be like the it children. And, you know, I was not seen in the same light. And I won't lie. Um, I won't, say that for me when I was young that I wasn't rebellious not to my parents necessarily but I actually I don't want to use the word rebellious I was just a very blunt kid like I was blunt you know I also just did my own thing and even when I was in middle school and going into high school before I had my own encounter with the Lord you know, I was a lukewarm Christian. I was a very baseline Christian. I didn't see Christianity as cool. You know, at one point I was simply a churchgoer and I was that child who simply went off of the backings of other people's testimonies and revelations until, until keyword, God encountered me for himself. But I recall being judged, you know, um, in my spiritual setting, in my church at the time, being judged because I had my long nails, you know, I was very outspoken, you know, I had a lot of strong opinions. And if, if something was brought up that I didn't like, I was going to share my little two cents, all right, my little two piece, I was going to tell them, you know, and I was definitely discouraged to speak out because, you know, especially speaking out in certain settings, especially spiritual settings, it can be seen as, you know, you're talking back and you're being disrespectful. So at times I'm, I might've been received by some people like in a very negative way, or I might've been received basically just for the gist of it. I might have been received in a negative way because people might have just thought that I was just being disrespectful for the sake of it, but I just simply had opinions and I wasn't afraid to share them openly with people. But I can understand why that could have been um, you know, taken as being disrespectful. Nevertheless, I'm Nigerian and as I always say, okay, from my, my Nigerian girls and guys, you guys understand. Um, especially in elder dominated spaces and settings, especially in spiritual settings specifically, it can be very daunting to speak out. Like you're always seen as a little child who is oblivious to the things of the spiritual realm. And it is only the elders who understand things that are spiritual. So it is your job to sit there, keep shut, learn, and, you know, keep your legs closed, you know, like focus on Jesus and just listen to the elders because they know best. And I'm not going to lie. It's true. We need to learn from our elders and stuff like that. But sometimes 
elders can truly believe that okay this child they don't know anything about god like once again they don't understand that you could possibly have your own relationship with god but nevertheless aside from that um especially in some african churches unfortunately it could also be a very competitive space right especially amongst elders like everyone wants their child to be better you know than the other you know sometimes it can be passive aggressive environment and sometimes it could be like a lot of underground hostility and sometimes for that for those reasons the youth they suffer but anyways um to really go into the particular incident that brought about the church hurt like so we're actually going to get into the deep part because I've said a lot, I've talked about a lot, I've kind of given a lot of context sometimes about like African churches, black churches, and it's not to stereotype. It's really not to stereotype, but I feel like the only way that we can progress as a church is if we highlight the negative parts of it so that we can learn, all right, this is what's actually happening. And for the next generation, let's work to improve it so that the next set of you, so that the next generation that comes along, that they can have a better experience than we did. Um, so I don't feel like it's wrong that we highlight and that we give context and that we bring to the surface some of the issues that, you know, some of the youth have faced. So nevertheless, to kind of go into the particular incident um, that occurred. So now, for those who are newer to my podcast, you probably don't know this story, but for those who have been rocking with me for some time, this story is not new to you. So um, to kind of give like a little bit of some rough context again, um, when I was in high school, I desired to obviously go to an Ivy League, blah, blah, blah. I was so passionate about it, prayed about it, fasted about it for months, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, didn't get in didn't get in and Allah, I was sad. Now for all of my people who are not Nigerian, not you're about to be specific, when I say Omon, I mean child. Like you know how black people they be like child. When I say Omon, I'm I mean child basically. Like that's kind of how we say it. But I mean that's basically like the rough translation. So when I whenever I say Omon, I mean child. So okay basically. Omon when I didn't get in to my Ivy League for um, undergrad, I was so sad, okay? I was so sad. I was so disappointed. I was so angry at God. Um, and so much was going on within me. And I was so upset. Um, and the Lord, it, it's so interesting because the Lord was doing such a different work in me. Like, and even in the midst of me being mad, I didn't know at the time, like not only was God consoling me, but he was still working behind the scenes on my behalf. Okay. Um, even though I felt like it was the end of the world and I felt like me not getting into that Ivy league, like I felt like nothing good was going to come in the future. Little did I know, little did I know that the Lord, <laughs> Mercy. I always say that the Lord is good, but truly the Lord was about my business. Okay. So anyways, um, to kind of give a little bit more context, when I didn't get into the Ivy League, I was disappointed. I was sad and I was super duper mad with God, but I got to a point in my Christian walk where I was like, Lord, may your will be done. Like may your will be done because clearly I've been trying to plan my life and I've been trying to do my own thing, but Lord, may your will be done. And as I started to pray that prayer of Lord, may your will be done. The Lord started to transform my heart's desires. So when I had gotten rejected from the Ivy League originally, um, before that, 
before I even got rejected, I had desired to go um, upstate for school. So like in the back of my mind, I was like, God forbid, if I don't get into an Ivy, I'll just go upstate for school. So after I got rejected, I was like, all right, you know, I'm just going to go with my plan B, which is to go upstate for school. But as I started to pray that prayer of Lord, may your will be done. Suddenly within (laughs) a few days, I was like, you know what? I want to stay close by. I don't want to go upstate. I want to go to a college within my city that's nearby. So I'm going to stay close by. And I didn't understand why my desires were starting to change. I didn't get it at the point, um, at that specific point. And I didn't understand why I wanted to go to school nearby because I'm like, man, this wasn't even a part of my plan. But little did I know that the Lord was changing my desires so that I would be able to go to school nearby so that he could give me grace, so that he could give me speed to graduate undergrad in two years instead of four, so that he could give me a great, you know, RA position that would help me live for free on campus so that he could bless me with scholarships, connect me with my destiny helpers, and so that he can you know, perform all of these other, you know, hosts of blessings in my life, you know, but my little butt at the time, I didn't realize that my father was so serious about my business. Anyways, you know, like I was saying, I was convinced. I was like, yeah, my whole plan of going upstate is canceled. Let me go. Let let me stay within my city. Right. And though I was convinced of this, I was still grieving because at the end of the day, even when you are still walking in the plan that God has for you and the will of God, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be sad. And that doesn't mean that you're still not going to grieve over what you envisioned that your life was going to look like. And that was literally what I was going through. Anyways, I can recall, you know, speaking with many of my age mates at the time, like some of my friends, you know, that I went to church with and stuff. And we, this was one day after church and we were just talking, you know, talking about college and shortly after, okay, an uncle that will remain nameless, <laughs> Mercy, he approached me specifically, right? Because he overheard our conversation, right? And I could see him at, like at the side of my eye, like listening and glaring and all of this. So anyways, he was overhearing our conversation, right? And mind you, it's a big group of us just talking about college, talking about our aspirations, talking about where we're going to go to school. But because he knew that out of the group, I was the only one who was staying in my city or staying very, very, very close by, he decided to pinpoint me and he loudly asked where I was going to school in hopes of embarrassing me, right? Because, you know, he was used to like embarrassing people and like calling people out. But anyways, He asked me plainly in front of everyone and he asked me like two times specifically and he kept saying like each time he would ask me, he would say it louder and louder in hopes of getting the attention of the multiple people that were around us, the multiple adults. And anyways, after the second time of him asking and me responding, he chuckled at me, he laughed at me. Um, and he basically alluded to the fact that I could not afford to go away for school. And Omar, this deeply hurt me because finances were not the issue. You know, at that time um, of going to college, I remember having a talk even before senior year started with my parents and they had vowed to send me away to to any school of my choice, any school of my choice without having to worry about loans and paying anything back that they would fully support me. 
And even when I did, you know, move away um, for school, I mean, even though I didn't go far, I stayed, you know, very close. Even when I did move, my parents supported me. They were there for me. Um, but anyways, they literally, like, finances were not the issue. But this man, you know, he went out of his way to try and embarrass me. And it was so, it was so... It was so obvious. It was so obvious with the way he pinpointed me. He specifically asked me and me alone. And he only laughed at me and mocked me, you know. Uh, But the funny thing is, is the Lord has the last laugh. That's the funniest part. The Lord has the laugh, the last laugh. And vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So even though I was mocked, even though I was laughed at and even though I was hurt, you know, I didn't utter a word. I didn't utter not a word. Not, I didn't say nothing. You know, I was hurt, but you know, the Lord turned everything. He turned everything for my good. And I'm even at a loss for words when I look back at my life, because I look back at those that laughed at me, that mocked me, that tried to, you know, allude to all these different things about me, you know, because I didn't go away, but they didn't understand that the God of wonder had great and mighty plans for my life. And I boast not in my works, but I boast in my father. I boast in the mighty God. I mean, this is like, yo, like I truly boast in the Lord because I look back and I'm like, wow, the Lord really turned it for my good. But anyways, I don't want to even get all, I don't want to catch the Holy Ghost yet. I mean, I've caught the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is within me, but I don't even want to start like, you know, going crazy right now. So I'm gonna calm it down because I, I still have so much more to share about this story. But anyways, that man, he belittled me. You know, he really made me feel so small. He made me feel so small. And you guys have to remember like this incident or this, you know, confrontation, whatever you want to call it, it happened possibly like just a few mere weeks after the rejection, but it was fairly fresh. I could probably say it happened like maybe three weeks after the rejection. And maybe for some people that's like some, like a long time, but you have to understand like when one door shuts and you have to pivot and figure out all these other things and the Lord is like doing all these different things and he's changing your desires, like, like, and you're going through all of this stuff, it was still fresh. And for someone to bring it up and like try to mock me and laugh at me, it was still such a fresh situation that it, it it hurt so bad, right? And in that moment when that man did that, it not only shook my faith at that time, but it really made me rethink people within the church. Because I'm like, how could, and this was my thoughts at the time, I'm like, how could a so-called, you know, person who's filled with the Holy Ghost and stuff like that, exert so much so much hate you know how could someone i don't want to say be evil because i i don't want to call it that but how could someone intentionally try and hurt another christian belittle another christian put down another christian not even persecute but mock another christian in such a way you know and try to i don't even want to say ostracize but just you know make fun of someone in that way. And once again, like I said, it just made me truly rethink 
church people because I'm like, wow, like if church people could treat me this way, it's not even like the people of the world are treating me this way, but people that I've gained a rapport with, people that I trust, people that pray with me are treating me this way, are talking to me this way, are making fun of me, are belittling me. Why should I be here? Why should I trust these people? Why should I pray with these people? Why should I fellowship with these people? That situation truly, you know, hurt. And that was the start of my church hurt at that time, you know, because once again, I thought, how could people of God treat me this way? How could spirit let people treat me this way? And it, and it, and it pierced, it truly pierced my heart. It pierced my heart. And though to many people, it may seem so small, it may be so like minute and granted, it might be minute to you, but you have to remember, number one, I was young. Okay. I was like, 17 all right a little 17 year old girl you know going through not even a heartbreak but a guy but like an educational heartbreak you know and it's like for a girl who's ambitious like the educational heartbreaks hurt a little bit too it's not just the heartbreaks with the guys but it's the heartbreaks with you know in in a form of education those hurt too so and y'all have to understand I was grieving a past dream that I had and sometimes that's really hard like you create a dream, you create a scenario, you create a fantasy of how you want your life to look like. And you you put that in the hands of God and you trust God and you pray to God and you fast for this thing. And then the thing you fasted for, you prayed for, you've hoped for, you've dreamed for, you've, you've walked in in your mind. It is crushed. It is crushed. It breaks, right? And it, and, and it cracks right in your face. And not only that, you're trying to heal from that. And then, and then you go to a place of fellowshipping with other believers. And then at the very place you go to for comfort, to, to, to feel better is the same place where you're put down. That can break faith. That can shake faith, you know? But I'm, I give glory to God. It didn't break my faith. It didn't break my faith in God, but at that time it broke my faith in people. And sometimes that really happens in church hurt. So I wanted to like, I feel so led by the spirit right now to just like truly just go into depth about the situation. And like I said, it's not for gossip. So if anybody tries to use this for gossip, may the, may the Lord open your eyes to see that it's not worth it, you know, to use this for gossip or to use this for tea with others, but may the Lord open your eyes and convict you. But like, this is more so to just, once again, like highlight, you know, certain things that have happened for me, but also I feel like somebody needs this. I feel like there are people, they're going through church hurt and they feel like they never want to go to church ever again. Or even if you are in a church right now, you don't know how to trust the people there. You don't know how to trust the people there. You don't know how to talk to the people there because you've been hurt so bad by church people. You're like, man, you're either that person where you don't want to even step foot in it at all, or you're that person where you're stepping foot in there, but you don't want to trust the people there. You don't want to fellowship with the people there. So sis or brother, this is for you. It literally is for you. But anyways, um, to just go back to the story because I don't want to drift too far off. But yeah, like, you know, it was a hard point in my life because I was going through a change of desire. I was going through a change of heart that me, myself, I, could, I couldn't fully comprehend. In the midst of all that, someone intentionally tries to embarrass you. And it is, and it is evident not only in their speech, but in their action. So to be honest, at that point, 
you know, with that situation and a host of other issues that I don't want to disclose, you know, I was hurt. I was hurt and I left that church hurt. You know, it pushed me and I I left. Um, And I want to say this. I feel like, you know, though it was a terrible situation, I do feel like the Lord also had to use that to push me out because and it's not to say, because you know how some people be like, oh, the Lord had to push me out so he could push me for greater, you know, because that place wasn't. And no, I'm not going to belittle a church. I'm not going to belittle a setting. I'm not going to belittle my foundation, my foundation. No, but I feel like the Lord had to push me out at that season, not to say because I'm better than those people or did it. No, I'm not going to put myself on, on a pedestal. No, I'm not doing that. Um, but it's just to say sometimes at certain points in your walk with God, you know, you may need a you may need a greater level of fellowship. You may need a deeper dive into the word, or you may just simply need a new atmosphere. And I think that the Lord was like, okay, Tina, you just simply need a new atmosphere. Don't feel like you're better than those other people. Don't feel like you're better than those other people or put yourself on this pedestal or all these different things. Those people are people and they're fickle forgive them so and i'm gonna get into that very very soon so let me not go too far off on my points but basically the gist of it i was hurt and i left um and from from someone who has went through church hurt okay and who greatly struggled with the spirit of offense okay i greatly struggled with it i i I did i really did before and even to this day i i have to constantly rebuke that spirit of offense because it does try and revisit you know and for me in the past, in the past mercy, I truly wrestled with the spirit of unforgiveness for a while, you know, and, and with this episode, I, I wanted to share the few things that I learned and the gems that I got um, in hopes that this encourages you all in your journey. Like, once again, like you probably have been hurt and that hurt hurts and that hurts stings. So sister, brother, this is for you. Don't feel alone. Feel comforted. Like it happened and I don't want you to just brush by it and be like, oh, it just happened. It is what it is. But no, we have to sometimes digest the things that we went through. So this episode is that. Um, so first and foremost, the first thing that I did want to say um, for all those people who have went through church hurt is that you didn't deserve the hurt. And I'm deeply and dearly sorry that along the way in your search for a deeper, you know, relationship with God, um, someone or many people might have acted as a stumbling block. Um, and specifically one thing um, that really God explained to me along the way Um, And that truly helped me to overcome the feelings that I carried was that number one, people are flawed and fickle and fickle, sorry, but God is not. Um, That has been the biggest lesson that I've had in my life. Like the Lord consistently shows me day in and day out um, that people are flawed. People are flawed. People are flawed. I remember one man of God, Apostle Joshua Selman, he said, wake up every day expectant that someone will fail you, if not all people. And it sounds weird to to suggest that you should wake up every day 
mad that someone or you know ready with your with your fists up like yeah someone's gonna offend me no no but you should he wasn't saying that he was saying more so you should wake up you know obviously like you know putting on the full armor of god first and foremost because you need to put on that full armor so that when you do get offended when people do offend you when people do fail you you don't fall into that spirit of offense and you don't fall into that spirit of unforgiveness that causes you not to be able to forgive people when they do fail you and when they do disappoint you. And I feel like one thing that God showed me is that, you know, the nature of man, the nature of people is that they're going to make mistakes, you know, sometimes unknowingly, but in many, in many cases, knowingly sometimes. But you still have to apply the same rule of thumb of forgiveness, whether someone knowingly or unknowingly has done something to offend you. But once again, just going back to the original point of people being fickle, but God not being fickle. I feel like sometimes, even me in the past, I have let what other people have done, you know, to cause me to have trust issues with God. You know, because some people would would treat me wrong or, you know, they would promise me things but not show up and do it. You know, I would be like, okay, like, you know, God promised me this, but is he really going to do it? You know, like this person hurt me. Is God? I One thing that always used to really get me was, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to share. I used to feel like, you know, like, let's say a person had this super duper high title. Like, let's just give like a random example, like let's say someone was a prophet and at this church that I was like, from my knowledge, nobody was a prophet. So it's literally not giving like any shade or anything. I'm just literally giving an example, but like, let's say there was a prophet and God forbid, let's say that they offended me. Right. I would be on the type of timing where I'm like, Oh God, like this person has a title. This person is a whole prophet. Like you're going to take their side and you're not going to take my side. You're not going to hear me out. But you're going to hear that person out and that person is going to be right to you because you gave them the title of being a prophet. And it sounds so dumb and it sounds so weird because it's like, wait, Tina, we're all God's children. And granted, I know that. But sometimes the enemy will sometimes put things in your head that don't even make any sense. But for me, in my head, because there have been people, you know, in the past where, you know, like, let's say they're trying to, like, mediate issues in the past with me and other people sometimes other people would would take their side take another person's side opposed to my own side so i would truly apply that same rule of thumb quote unquote to my relationship with god where i'm like god you're supposed to quote unquote be the mediator but you're going to take their side and not mine so god i'm not even going to talk to you about it i'm not even going to bring it to you because i don't even feel like you're going to listen to me god and i literally used to do that um yeah, it, it sounds so crazy because like I would never typically tell people that I used to do that, but literally that used to be how I used to think. And I feel like there are some people out there and they think the same way. That's probably why like you've went through church hurt and you don't you don't even feel qualified to tell God about it. You don't even want to talk to God about it. And it's not to condemn you. It's not to condemn you or make you feel small. Trust and believe, sister, brother. Don't feel small. Don't feel bad because like I said, I've done the same thing. But it's to say, like, you don't feel qualified to even tell God or talk to God in great detail about, like, how you truly feel about the situation. Because you feel shamed. You feel condemned. You feel like he's going to favor another person or treat you like less. 
but that's not true, says Orbro. That's not true. I'm here to go against what the devil is saying and to tell you that's not true. But anyways, I do want to read scripture because we are a scripture-based podcast, period. So Colossians 3 verse 13 to 14 says, make allowance for each other, for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Amen and amen. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 48 also says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. I can be honest and say um, that I have not always been the most loving person. I remember I prayed one prayer even earlier to God. I'm like, Lord, fill me with your love. Like, fill me with your love. Because at the end of the day, if I'm not able to truly love people, even though people have hurt me, I have failed. You know, like, I remember I was talking to somebody earlier about, like, some of the greatest commandments that God has for us, which is truly to love our neighbor. Firstly, to love our Lord, our God, you know, with all of our heart, you know, our mind, our soul, our body, right? To love the Lord fully but also to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But sometimes the reality is your neighbor will fail you. Your neighbor will hurt you. Your neighbor will betray you. Your neighbor will persecute you, you know? But I feel like what God consistently confronts me with is that, you know, you have to forgive them. You have to love them. It's not to say, it's not to say that, it's not to say because not in every single situation are you supposed to, you know, I'm trying to use the right word. Like, let's say you have this big, you know, fallout with a leader or whatever. It's not to say you have to go back to that church and, you know, you have to continue to submit under that leadership. If the Lord is calling you away, the Lord is calling you away. But that means even with you being called away, you should still be able to love from afar. You still should not live in resentment. You should, you still should not wish them bad things, you know, wish, wish bad things to happen to them. You still shouldn't hate on them. You, you, whenever you see their picture, you still shouldn't like, you know, cringe or like, you know, make a bad or weird face. You should be able to love them even from afar. You know, you should still be able to have healed with, with God, you know, to the point where God forbid, even if you guys were able to like cross paths with each other, there would be nothing evil that was found within your heart. And I feel like that's extremely important. That's been a big reminder that the Lord, you know, has put on my heart. Like, girl, do you really love people? Do you really love people? Have you really forgiven people truly? Um, but anyways, um, to kind of go a little bit deeper, you loving people does not excuse the wrongful behavior of them. And I feel like that's really big. I feel like before I, I didn't want to forgive people in my life because I felt like, I was just giving them a free pass. And I feel like a lot of people talk about that. And now it probably sounds so cringe or sounds so cliche, but it's true. Sometimes we we subconsciously feel like, oh yeah, if I'm forgiving them, I'm like low-key saying that what they did was like, it wasn't that big of a deal, like, or it's okay, or I'm charging it to the game. But no, um, truly internalizing the fact that we are all imperfect people serving a perfect God is a powerful revelation 
to have. Once again, you're not excusing the wrongful behavior of people, but you are acknowledging the fact that they are imperfect and by default, they will fail you even if they haven't already. Like, so like, let's say you're going to a new church. Let's say you've escaped the church hurt and you went somewhere new. It's walking in with the revelation that this may be the your place called there. This may be the place that God has called you to be, but it doesn't mean that you won't be tested. It doesn't mean that people won't offend you and people won't hurt you. Not to say it has to be as traumatic as your past experiences, but it is to say that, you know, um, something may happen, like whether that's somebody like who accidentally mushes your shoulder or whatever, like something will happen, you know? And also another thing that has really helped me is learning that many people operate from their personal revelation of God, meaning that if you have a weak revelation of God, you treat people anyhow, you know, and you lack the conviction that when you mess up and when you mistreat a person that you must make amends. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not to say that, you know, even the most Christian person won't offend you because any, once again, any church you might go to, you will get offended, you know, within the church sometimes not saying that people should abuse you because abuse, straight up abuse is wrong, but it is to say, God will give you, you know, the wisdom to be able to make proper amends. But it is to say like, once again, those people will hurt you at one point in time, but it's really important to even recognize that if you have been abused, whether that's sexually, whether that's physically within your past church, even sometimes emotionally, it's really important to remember once again, like as I stated earlier, people operate from the revelation of God. So like for me, for example, I'm the type of person, say for example, let's say you get me upset and you get me tight. I might say a little slick thing to you. I might tell you about yourself, okay? I might tell you about yourself um, if I feel tempted and if I go through with the temptation, which I shouldn't, and I'm still learning, I'm still growing. But it is to say, if I do go through with that temptation, right, and I fall through and I tell you about yourself and I'll say a little slick word or two, give me five minutes. Give me five minutes in my room. The Lord will tell me, like, you shouldn't have done that. Go and apologize. Go and apologize. You hurt that person's feelings. You shouldn't have said that. I understand that you're mad. I understand that you're upset. I understand that you feel some type of way, but you shouldn't have said that. You're mistreating this person, being rude to this person. And the Lord will fix me. And in many cases, I just go back and be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's me operating from my personal revelation that I have with God or that I have of God. Because I respect God, because I have reverence for God, because God speaks to me, because God constantly reminds me of the importance of loving people with a genuine affection. You know, I can't just treat people anyhow and just go scot-free. If I treat somebody wrongly, I will go back to that person to make amends. And it's and it's the same thing with like going to, you know, churches and stuff like that. It's once again, it's not to say somebody won't offend you, period, but God will eventually give you the grace to make amends with that person. But ultimately, you know, going off of the revelations that I've just shared and the gems that I've just shared once again, and the biggest ultimate thing is that people will fail you folks, but God will not. And I feel like one thing that God has consistently showed me is the importance of separating your expectations and the people of God from God himself. Once again, we all operate from the lens of personal revelation and those that have no personal revelation of God 
will intentionally abuse and mistreat those under their leadership. They will operate from a place of pride, you know, and this will be all due to a, a lack of fear and reverence for God or just a lack of general care for his people. And also some people, you know, who are used to this culture of abuse and mistreatment, but they still are called into ministry. You know, they can choose whether to be a product of their environment by exhibiting the same behavior, or they could just choose to completely change the culture and do better and operate off of the grace of God to, to make better decisions. Um, so what, so to pretty much tie everything, if you happen to have been hurt, it's not to say that this revelation that I've just shared will instantly wipe away completely the feelings that you have and the emotions that you have or the experiences or the reality, simply the reality of your personal experience. But it is instead to show you the heart posture of those who have possibly hurt you. I am in no business of ever questioning if someone's saved or not. But once again, this is just to show you the heart posture of people. That's all. Um, and this leads me to my next point. If you have went through church hurt, process. Please ensure that you process, you understand your hurt, and you release your hurt by the means of forgiveness. People often skip the processing part of things and the understanding the root of the hurt and the root of the issue, and they just skip into leaving church altogether. Like for me, um, you know, I, I'm in therapy and I'm not a, I'm not afraid to share that and to say that, you know, I originally joined therapy because I was like, all right, I know I'm about to go to graduate school. I know I'm going to be counseling people. First of all, let me let me make sure, you know, I'm in the best mental space because I know I'm going to be taking up all this work and stuff like that. Let me make sure I'm in the best mental space. Also, like I just knew the best way for you to be an effective counselor is to learn from another counselor. But Along the way of being in therapy, I've been able to truly get to the root of issues and the root causes of things. And it's truly been so helpful. So I would say for my Christians out there, it's not a bad thing to go to therapy. Like, especially for certain issues like this, if you have to process it and if you have to go through it and speak about it in therapy, do that. Because keeping it to yourself and 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 putting it in this treasure chest and not sharing it and not telling anyone, where has it gotten you? Almost go to go to therapy. Anyways, um, I remember one woman of God. Um, she she shared on TikTok. Now this is aside from the whole therapy thing, but she shared on TikTok. She said, and this leads me to my next thing. She said that church hurt will not be an excuse on judgment day. I'm gonna say that again because when she said that, I had to pause it. I had to literally pause it. Because I'm like, wow, this John is deep. She literally says, she said, church hurt will not be an excuse on Judgment Day. And it's not to bring fear, it's, it's, but it's just simply to help us understand that God holds us accountable for straying away from him. You know, and will we truly have the courage to say that we allowed a few lost souls themselves to make us rethink the goodness of God and the joy that comes from his presence? Like, will we truly have the boldness to say that and to profess that in front of him? You know, and listen, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I didn't intend to go this deep, but I had, you know, added this to my notes. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Then I'm going to close this part of the chapter because it's like my next little point. So I know 
because this was also me. I remember when I was church her, I was like, all right, I'm going to just watch church from home online forever and nasty. I'm never stepping in to a church. That's it. I used to just have that mental space. Like, okay, I could just stay at home, watch Transformation Church, bada bing, bada boom, bada ba, you know, interact on the little chat section. That's it. Okay. And that, that was it. Right. And there are a lot of people who even who even go a step further due to their church hurt. And they're like, listen, they could just pray at home on Sundays. They don't need to listen to no church service. And they be like, what do they need church for? And I remember I was talking to somebody and they kind of broke it down. And they said that, you know, like, because y'all know that verse specifically from Hebrews 10, verse 25, which talks about fellowshipping with believers. And I can say the full verse. So Hebrews 10, verse 25, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, quickly, the word exhorting um, in layman's terms or just quickly another word or synonym for it, it's just it just means encouragement, right? So exhorting one another, encouraging one another, right? But specifically my friend um, who had talked about this because I've spoken to multiple of friends about this and the importance of fellowshipping. And I've spoken to different people about this, but I remember a few people that I know they've expounded upon this Bible verse and they talked about why fellowshipping with other believers, especially is important um, in person. And I'm going to go into this. Firstly, I remember about two years ago when I had went to church in person, I think it was two, two years ago. Yeah. I remember I went to church and I remember one pastor, he said, church was never meant to be online. Now, whether you agree with this or not, it's your own cocoa. It's okay. It's okay. And the reason why he said this was he was like, you cannot replace in-person fellowship. Like in-person fellowship is so deep and it's so different. Now, granted, I'm not trying to put out anybody who watches church online. Like I understand. Listen, I go to church in Connecticut. Sometimes, I mean, now, nowadays I try to try my best to literally go and go in person on Sunday as much as I can, but I can't even lie. Even this past Sunday, I watched church online, but even me, like, especially with being in house, you know, and watching church online now, I see the innate difference. Granted, there's nothing wrong with watching church online, but I truly believe if you found a sound church nearby. I would advise attending being that Christian, the Christian life was never intended to be done alone. My prophetess always says, no man is an island. Matthew 8 verse, sorry, Matthew 18 verse 20 says, for where two or more gather together as my followers, followers, I am there among them. And Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 to 12 says, two are better than, two are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, or sorry, one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Did you hear that? Real trouble. Now, the thing is, is I can recall, like, I'll just give the example of Transformation Church, by the way. There's nothing wrong with Transformation Church. Like, if you choose to listen to Transformation Church, that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. The only reason why I stopped listening to Transformation Church was because I was able to find a church, um, like, 
near nearby because listen i'm not anywhere close to tulsa oklahoma so i found a church closer which is in connecticut even though i live in new york and you know i was able to start going in person and it's truly been a blessing so that's the only reason why i left no shade to anyone not putting down anyone okay but it's just to say for example when i was watching transformation church online it was great like it's great seeing the comments going on and the live chat and stuff like that but it's like I was never able to have a personal connection with any of those people on the live chat. Like you see them and granted, maybe you are, maybe you're able to actually do that. And if you are, that's great. And I would highly encourage it. Like, let's say you're that type of person where you can only watch online right now because the church that God has called you to is just too far right now. Do that, but make sure you connect with people. Make sure you fellowship with people because sometimes like especially through those rough seasons that you go through you need people you need you need tangible people around you who can uplift you encourage you pray for you through those rough times it's so important and while planning um this episode i remember um that the lord gave me a tangible example so like let's say for example that you work for a a great organization a great company right and they have many different departments. But within your department, you are alone. And all of the major assignments, deliverables, and all of that, they are primarily handed off to you. And though you have an ever-present supervisor who is there to support you, as the only worker, you lack peer-to-peer support in assignments that you're given. I would compare this example to our journey of faith. In an office slash an organization, there are many departments and no department ever just has one worker. Even in the kingdom of God, like, like we are not meant to be alone, right? Because the thing is with organizations, for example, organizations are mindful of the fact that workers cannot do everything alone. And if anything, peer-to-peer support sometimes even helps like with people actually wanting to stay in a job. Like y'all know those jobs where you're on, where workers are understaffed like they barely like let's say for for example mcdonald's if there are only two workers in mcdonald's everybody gonna quit like the workers who are still there they're actually gonna want to quit they're gonna want to quit at a higher rate because they're understaffed they have nobody to support them and i would apply that to the kingdom of god the in the kingdom of god you're given so many assignments you're given so many deliverables you're given a purpose to carry out and imagine Imagine you are understaffed with other workers, believers, peers around you to support you and uplift you in your journey, in your walk with faith. It is easy to want to quit. Like that example of working at McDonald's, it is queasy, easy to want to quit. It is easy to want to go to the other side instead of working at McDonald's as understaffed. Shoot, you might want to actually work at Burger King because Burger King got like 14 workers on deck and y'all not as stressed. So it's just stuff like that. Like when you have more people on your side, when you have more people who are praying with you, uplifting you, it's not to say you have to depend on other people, but I do believe that fellowshipping is extremely important. So even if you are watching online, make sure you actually connect with people. Make sure you actually talk to people. Make sure you actually are creating and fostering community because it's so important in life. Um, truly, you may you may be going through a tough trial in life, a disheartening issue in your life, you know, or the assignment or the purpose that God has given you might be so heavy. And that sister or that brother's prayer, encouragement, sermon, text message on a random day may be the very thing that encourages you to keep going. 
even accountability. At times, my present brothers and sisters in Christ, they keep me accountable in the Lord. You know, at church, they be like, girl, where you at? I haven't seen you last week. I didn't see you last week. Where you at? You know, and church oftentimes, it gives you the ammunition needed to keep running the race that you are on. It, it truly does. And I, I'm going to give another example because, you know, sometimes like people encounter things in church and they completely say that they're done, that they don't, you know, they don't, they're just done. They never want to attend another church in life. And I get that. But I remember someone on TikTok, they literally said, people be upset at their job, right? But they don't quit. Like, even sometimes you be at McDonald's, but you need that minimum wage, so you stay on the team. You don't quit, right? But the first time that someone gets you a little upset at church, you're done, right? And that, and shoot, that, that example speaks to me. One, one, part, one person got to me. I mean, actually, in my case, there were multiple people that got to me, and there were so many things that were going on. But that's neither here nor there, right? But the thing is, I remember that girl on TikTok, she also said she was like, you may find a new company, but you never stop working in your field. Like, for example, for me, I'm in social work. To God be the glory, I love my job. I love my job from infinity to infinity. But, like, God forbid, because this is not my portion, God forbid, like, I'm not even going to use myself. God forbid, like, let's say somebody works in social work because I'm not using myself because I love my job. Glory be to God. But, like, let's say somebody else works in social work, right? And they hate their job, right? And they want to just leave because they just don't like the atmosphere or whatever the case may be. Like you, they may find another company, but if they're really passionate about social work, will they stop working in their field? No, they're going to stay. So it's the same way with like church and Christianity. Like, you know, just because you, you might've had a bad experience in one church, don't let that make you leave faith. One thing that God is consistently teaching me, and I remember another man of God, he even said this. He was like, you know, if you leave a church, you know, because of other people, Lord, let's say, for example, if you leave Christianity because of other people, it's like, who who were you actually in this for? Were you in this for the people or were you in this for God? And that's a very, very, you know, harsh reality to truly look at. So it's it's definitely something that really had me thinking about my past experiences and even in the future because listen people offend me all the time but i'm just learning like at the end of the day i just have to leave it in the hands of god i need to do my due diligence and not let it get to me i need to communicate it you know and share this with god even talk to my brother or sister in christ if i feel led to squash it forgive them and move forward but all in all this episode is not to excuse anyone's wrongdoing, whether that's physical, emotional, or any type of of abuse. But it it because it is, and it will never be okay. It will never it it, it is not okay. It, it will never be okay. But you know the ultimate the ultimate judge is able to handle all things that are out of our control. But this episode is simply meant to encourage people to not view God from the lens of imperfect people. Because the minute that you do, you have given power to those who have hurt you. You have let the enemy win. You have allowed him to accomplish his ultimate mission, which is to push you away from the Father and take away all form of coverings and support possible. So my brother and my sister, if you have been hurt, you know, I didn't want to just 
end off this podcast episode and just go about our business. But I did want to use this time to pray for all of those who have been hurt. So if you have been hurt, even if you haven't been hurt, still shut your eyes. Okay. And let's pray. So Lord, every person that has experienced a form of church hurt, Father, we pray for their healing today. We ask that you will comfort them and uplift their spirits. We pray that you will embrace and hug your children. May their spirits no longer be downcast, Father. And we pray that no longer will they see you from the lens from the lens of the imperfect people that have hurt them. But we pray and we know that you will begin to help them to unlearn every bad idea and every bad thought that they have picked up about you. Father, I pray for every person listening that you will guide them to their place called there if they're not there already. I pray you will guide them and take them to the place that will uplift them, refresh them, and revitalize their souls. Help them to operate under sound leadership and leaders that lead them more towards you. Help them, Father, to not be set astray, but guide them as they embark on their new journey with you. If that is if that is their portion but for those who are at churches where where they have been offended or hurt by members but they still choose to say because that's what you call them to do give them the grace to turn the other cheek father and give them the grace to endure and stay past the offense but also give them the grace to resolve every issue that has come their way father i pray you'll have your way and take your place in every person listening to this podcast episode lord Pray that you'll begin to pull on the heartstrings of each person listening, Father. Pull on their heartstrings, God. Give them grace, give them strength, give them capacity to remain planted, Father Lord, in your vineyard. We say all of this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, this podcast episode, eh? it was long, but I will just say this. If this podcast episode has blessed you, if it has blessed you, I don't ask you guys to send offerings because, Omar, I'm not a pastor, okay? I ask you guys to do something very, very simple, which is to share this podcast with those around you, whether that's the post to post this on your Instagram story, okay? Even to leave a review, whatever it is, you know, just share this around because there are so many people that get hurt by the church, that feel that they're done with church that feel that they're done with God because of the mistakes of other people. So if you know anyone out there who has went through that, who is currently going through that, send them this episode, pray for them, uplift them, you know, pray that the Lord shall keep them, you know, pray for their souls, but definitely share this episode with your friends, your family. Like I said, if you're new to this podcast, please make make sure, make sure that you subscribe because we have a lot of things coming in the future. So don't miss out on anything, on anything, okay? But we thank God for grace. We thank God for strength. We thank God that you were able to listen to the end of this. So we say thank you, Jesus. We say a big thank you to Jesus. And please, as I already said, continue to tune into the next few episodes that will be coming for the rest of the year. Um, and yes, that is pretty much it, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Sayla wait don't go just yet i wanted to give you all a chance to give your life to christ or rededicate if you have not already some of us we have grew up in the church or around the church but have not verbally confessed jesus 
as our Lord and Savior. So I wanted to give you all a chance right now. As our Lord and Savior. So I wanted to give you all a chance right now. Or even some of us have been in Christ, but we have been falling a little bit or have been a little bit lukewarm. So say this with me out loud. Lord God, please forgive me for my sins. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I believe that you love me. I believe in my heart that you are who you say that you are. You are the son of God. And I confess with my mouth that I am a sinner. I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my savior. Please cleanse me from my sin and create a new and clean heart in me. I do believe that you are my savior and I now want to live for you as my Lord and my God. I know that I have eternal life in you because of the work that you did on Calvary's cross for me. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. And that's it. You are on the Lord's side. Okay, God bless you. A party is happening right now in heaven over your soul. Continue to walk in the ways of the Lord, pray earnestly, seek him, and also continue tuning into this podcast. If it has blessed you, tell a friend to tell a friend, and most importantly, leave a review. God bless you.